Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark 2023, January 2nd, after a rough couple of games for the Canucks, but one good win in there as well, uh, and a lot of drama surrounding one of the Canucks star players, which we will get to, but as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you today, Clay? Parker, I'm great. Happy New Year, first and foremost, to you and to everyone watching. And yeah, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Never a dull moment with this team. You can see I got a new microphone. I wanted to, I try to emulate you as much as I can. And I figured my, my $50 Amazon might got me only so far. So is it looking okay? Sounding okay, Parker? Are we all right? Yep. We're matching. Okay. We are, we just got the little contrast going. I got yeah. the, the, the black, you got the white looks good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, all it's about be, harmony here. Yes. It's a, it's a new year, you know, we're, <laughs> we're starting it off right uh, and folks, we're happy that you are here with us in our normal Monday time slot, which will not be the case next week, but it will still be Monday. But we'll get to that at the end yeah. of the show. Well, um, Lucas coming out strong. I didn't see anything yet. What happened? Five dollars. Thank you very much, Lucas. Saying Happy yeah. New Year, Canucks After Dark, and chat. May twenty twenty three be a, a dang good one for you both and the podcast. Thank you very Thank much, you. Lucas. Appreciate Hopefully. Yes. That will be the case. Awesome. Um, who knows? We might have a lot of pain ahead of us still, but uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll make the best of it. So we got a lot to talk about. Kind of. Wow. Uh, we've yeah. got three Canucks games. We've got a lot of talk about JT Miller. We've got Alexi Lafreniere being in the news. Uh, obviously, Bo Horvat's sort of in the news because of that as well. We've got the World Juniors, where Canada uh, barely got away from Slovakia wow. tonight in a fantastic hockey game uh, that has them playing in the semifinals on Wednesday uh, and probably will probably run into other things to talk about too. Uh, so it should be a good one. What time's that game on Wednesday? I think it's way. the same. I think it's another three 30, uh, three 30 start on well, Wednesday. Oh yeah. Cause it's the four hours ahead of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it should be the three 30 PM time slot, which will mm -hmm. be great. Yeah. If you work early, well, you know, or from I home. guess. Yeah, that'll be the play. Just have it on the TV. Um, it must be nice. <laughs> you, can, you can have it on the phone. You'll be fine. Okay, fine, it work. Fine. PVR it. You know, it's it's 2023. We can we can find ways to watch sports when we need to. Um, we will make. Where do you want to start? Where do we want to start today? Back to the three games as we normally do. Yeah, I, I guess we can go chronologically how the Canucks wound up the year, and then. Uh, yeah, then we can talk about uh, the off-ice stuff. Uh, some of it's on-ice, some of off-ice. And then if we wind up with the World Juniors, I think that would that would fill, us a, fill our hour quite nicely, I think. Excellent. So we'll go back to Tuesday then. Uh, six days ago, feels like weeks ago at this point already, um, where the Canucks dominated the San Jose Sharks at home. Um, six to two. You mm. have Orgot with two goals. You have Patterson doing things. Uh, what do you remember from this hockey game? Well, what I do remember is I was actually at this game uh, with my family, which was nice. And this is a game where, I don't know, uh, can we play San Jose 82 times, Parker? Well, that's only if you don't want Bedard. We have not lost to them. The other two games were a little closer. You might remember they were both overtime. And they're quite exciting, actually, back and forth. This one, really not much in doubt. And yes, you're right. Our, uh, our big guys came out to play once again. And this was Horvat having yet another four-point night one game after he had a when pd with five then horvat with four then horvat with another four so the big guns as you said came out to play in best red three as well horvat four Mikheyev four so it was, a, it was a good night for that line for sure 
Yeah, absolutely. And you have, uh, you know, Spencer Martin had a great night uh, yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I think this is just, it's just, it's just Bo Horvat again, 25th and 26th goals of the year. Uh, and this was game 34, I think, which put yeah. him like well ahead of the 50 goal pace. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say about this game because it's, I, 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 it was such a smooth victory that <laughs> I kind of blocked it out. I don't really remember it. Um, although the Jersey matchup was great as Lucas mentions, uh, yes. right for the last time versus San Jose at home. Uh, until the NHL does it again in two years time. Well, they did it last year, didn't they? So they'll probably do it every year, mm. uh, at least while they're with Adidas, which I think is only one more year. Right, um, right. But yeah, it was uh, a great Jersey matchup with the Golden Seals. Um, but yeah, kind of a just a walk in the park game. It was. And it, it, the, the Sharks, they don't have Thornton. They don't have Pavelski. They don't have, they don't, they're off Marlowe. They're a lot younger now. And they still have some good players. Parker, like Timo Meyer's still good. He had his... 19th and 20th yeah. of the year. Uh, Kucher is still good. He's like the he's like the veteran with Carlson now. They still have uh, a hurdle. They still have what's his face the the guy who signed. Uh, I can't even remember his name now. But they they don't have I guess as much. And Reimer had a really rough night in net. Yeah. So yeah, this is a team that we should rightfully beat, and they are below us in the standings. And we don't worry about a team like this generally. Yeah, the Sharks are are weird because they they just they don't really have an upward trajectory, right? They, they have all these old guys on big contracts and then suddenly you have Eric Carlson having a complete resurgence of a season, right? Like last year, he only had 35 points. He has 53 this season already. Um, yeah. Like it's things like that, that, that make this team a little bit interesting, although they're still losing most of the time. You yeah. know, they, they don't have good goaltending. Uh, they're like I said, they're getting old. They've got a bunch of money committed to guys like Logan Couture, Vlasic, Carlson. And it's just, you know, the they're a team that the, the Canucks should just walk all over, especially with our expectations of the team coming into the year. Sure. Um, but nothing's very sure nowadays. Right. Oh, Kevin LeBanc was the name I was looking for. So mm. uh, two other things I want to say about this game really quick. Uh, and, well, Lucas, thank you, Lucas. You're starting you're off with a bang. Uh, another $5 donation. Cannot confirm nor deny what's going on with the jerseys, LMAO. I think we may see something happen soon. Uh, if you're talking about the flying skate, they uh, we'll get to that. But the Canucks did wear flying skate gear at practice today. Thank you again, Lucas. So, Parker, I'm looking at the stats here. Let's equate Carlson to Hughes just for argument's sake. Right. Then would you rather have this fivesome behind Eric Carlson? Vlasic, who's maybe their Myers, <laughs> and then Ferraro, Megna, Benning, and Harrington. I don't know any of those guys. Are they good? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, not really. Um, you know, Vlasic is fine. He's yeah. not the player he once was, obviously. Right. Uh, he used right. to be a top defenseman in the league. Uh, but yeah, when you're talking about magna and not the one that played for the canucks not that, that would be much of a difference but <laughs> you know you're, you're talking about a bunch of guys who have like namesakes right matt benning yep. you know you think of jim benning you had jacob magna when you think of jason magna you have mario ferraro when you think of landon ferraro yeah. or ray ferraro as <laughs> great point you think of pickles this so is the all name team yes it is the all name team for sure not I will say one other thing. Did you? Team, I'm not sure if you watched it or saw the highlights. Poor Matt Benning. Speaking of him, he got smoked by a shot by Garland. I think. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh yeah, he was injured, and the Canucks just eventually scored, right? And, and San Jose never got control of the puck, so the ref could, right. I guess, properly blow it down. And he tried to get to the bench, then he hobbled back, and by by the end of the uh, play, he just kind of lied down, <laughs> which yeah. I would do too. Yeah, that's tough. Um, it was rough. 
So that got the Canucks above 500 for the first time this season. And it lasted till the next game, (laughs) Uh, which was Thursday. Two days later, uh, Canucks go on the road to Winnipeg, a barn that they have never had any luck in um, against a team that they've never had any luck against for the most part. uh, And they just got, you know, they they got nothing done. I mean, you look at... You look at the goals, four to two. You look at the shots, 39 to 22. And it's <laughs> 39 to 22 from a team that was down by two going into the third. So usually yeah. you expect like score effects, right? You're going to out, usually the team behind has a good third period because the other team's playing passively. Nope, didn't matter. Yeah. You know, Winnipeg has 20 shots in the second period, 13 shots in the third. Canucks only muster yeah. 22. Uh, you know, nice Kuzmenko goal early, though. That yeah. was nice. Nice uh, steal from PD. I don't know, sure, not, still not sure what that Winnipeg defenseman was doing, but PD, it was nice. He actually looked off. I guess Lane Peterson was also there in front of the net, and then went to the back guy Kuzmenko, and Kuzmenko was such a good shot. That was a really and a great way to start the game. And Parker, I will say, it looks like the Canucks obviously they scored very early, and then you could say, well, then probably did Winnipeg dominate the next thirty nine minutes? Actually, I thought the Canucks came out strong, and I was quite impressed with the way they took it to the Jets, at least for the first ten minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing, right? Their first yeah. like eight to ten minutes was great, right? You have that that Pedersen play that sets up the yeah. goal. You have them out shooting the Jets nine to six, mm. which is crazy because that means the Jets had thirty three shots in the last forty minutes. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Canucks played a great ten minutes and they didn't show up for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, and this is also the game where the end is a is a complete catastrophe, <laughs> right? You have the Canucks getting within one. After doing nothing for 40 minutes, uh, about halfway through the third, you have a Garland goal um, that he uh, sort of banked in. It was Banks a weird in. goal. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Canucks do absolutely nothing after that. They show almost no heart. And then they eventually do try to pull the goalie. And that's a disaster. And they skate in circles for 30 seconds, coming back in their own zone, never advancing the puck up the ice. Uh, and then we have... You know, Boudreaux sort of hesitating to call the goalie to the bench. Delia sort of skates back and forth a couple of times. Has his arms in the air. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, like he's confused. Uh, You can't really blame him there. JT Miller carries it back into the zone. Is like, you know, what's going on? Why isn't our goalie leaving? I get it. Move the puck up the ice. You're good enough to carry the puck into the zone, right? Then put the sixth guy out there. But either way, they come back and say, we want the sixth guy now. And they waste 28 seconds and then... JT Miller gets mad at Delia, smacks a stick on the net saying, get to the bench. And then Delia eventually goes to the bench and then the Jets score. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to give you uh, not even a take, just kind of my experience of the night. And then I'd love to hear your take because you play competitive hockey. I would never be uh, either on the ice in the, in the last minute. So I would just be one of the guys on the bench. I Parker, I tweeted out a six, I gave it a couple hours. I think I had to do game over that night. And then I, I did a six tweet thread and I wasn't actually judging anyone, I, Miller nor Delia. I just said, potentially uh, with screenshots, there were two other chances that I thought Delia could have gone to the net, uh, gone to the bench. And what I should have said in hindsight, Parker, I should have said, 
he either could have gone to the bench or Boudreaux should have called him over. But I, I stopped at, here are some instances where Delia could have gone to the bench. One of them was with two minutes left when Garland, I don't even remember this, he actually gained the zone one on five, went behind the net and centered it to Kuzmenko and almost uh, he almost got a good... So that was one chance potentially. I know it was one on five. And there's, then there's one 20 seconds later where Kuzmenko kind of got stopped at the blue line. And then the Jets controlled it for 30, 30 seconds. And then finally, you're right, Besser gets it at the 111 mark. But then for some reason, he skates towards the blue line and then cuts back. And that's when we see Boudreaux actually wave Delia the first time. But then right. Delia sees Boudreaux, uh, Besser coming back, then he skates back. Besser to Ekman Larson, back to Besser, then to Miller. And then we know what happens from there. So when you saw it and when you heard explanations, do you have a take or do you think it was no big deal? Is that just regular competitive hockey? When I look at a goalie being pulled, yep. it's always the coach in my mind that does the pulling, right? Right, the, right. Because it's not the goalie's job to know when to be pulling. It's the coach's decision, right? It's a the coach has a better vantage point of of you know the play that they're trying to produce. Yep. Uh, you know the coach will wave them in. Uh, so when I see the goalie go and then come back, I I think of the coach going like hold up and then like doing one of the like like red light green light uh, when you were in elementary school, um, and, and it's just like you know it, it's just kind of a mess. But I I don't get getting mad at the goalie over it. That doesn't make any right. sense. Um, right. But yeah, if he is looking at them coming back and saying, I don't want to go uh, when the coach is telling him to still come. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, As for when they should have pulled him, I get why with two minutes left, you don't pull in a one goal game, especially a team that does have the firepower that this team does uh, Mm -hmm. with scoring goals and especially uh, how easily they give the puck up. Uh, so I get a little bit nervous with the net empty uh, because they seem to be kind of easy to score on. So I'm okay with it being like a 90 second play okay. um, as opposed to if you're down by two, then I'm, I'm more of like the three minute um, sure. play. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it was, a, I just think it was such bad optics, right? I don't, I, I get why Miller's like, go to the, go to the bench, right? I have the puck behind our net. They're not taking it right now. Let's get the sixth guy out there. Uh, but I also don't think that he's the guy to yell at in that situation. I think it's probably the coach making the move. And that's what Boudreaux said after, right? He's like, it's on me to pull the goalie. He did. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I don't think anyone's really in the right on it or in the wrong even on it. I just think it looks bad. And, uh, yes. And I want to get into both what Boudreaux and Miller said the next day. Uh, another question about though, Parker, would you be okay? Or maybe that's not the right. Do you think it'd been better, a little bit better, easier to swallow if Miller might've sworn, you know, get off the ice, you get the F off the ice. But without the lumberjack, <laughs> oh yeah, that was that that was the optic part, right? If he just yeah. he's just yelling at him. Uh, also, if JT Miller is like on a nine-game point streak with fifteen points in his last nine games, no one cares, right? Like the, it's like, hey, he's he's carrying the team right now, and he wants you to go to the go to the bench, whatever, right? But since he's not playing good and he's due for a lot of money, and he already is sort of in the ire of the fan base. That's why it's it's such a big deal, right? If it's yeah. if it's Patterson doing that right now, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, PD, fire him up, let's go, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's a totally different argument. Yes, um, <laughs> I'm just it's just so silly. And then I'm sure you saw the sarcastic tweet saying, "Well, if I was Dooley, I wouldn't leave the net if Miller had the puck too," yeah. like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, which oh, you know, yeah, not wrong. So let, uh, anything else you want to say about the game itself? And then we can talk about the aftermath. Uh, no, no, the okay. cuts were bad. <laughs> so then 
Boudreaux speaks first, or at least that's the clip we see first the next day. And he, two things that were interesting to me, Parker, he took blame. He said, I was the one who waved him over. And then he didn't exactly say, I, I pushed him back, but he, he took uh, ownership for waving Delia over as late as he did. So that's good. But he was also quick not to put any blame on JT Miller. And I, I get you're not going to call one of your own players out. That's the whole point I just made is Boudreaux took, uh, took ownership or accountability. But I think some people wa- found that a little bit strange that he almost gave Miller free. Pa- oh, he's a competitive guy and he's an emotional guy. And that's what they do. I don't know. What else? Could, well, I guess what else could he say? Yeah, it feels like he gets a free pass a lot, though. Yeah, you know, for, from the... the and then we'll talk up. about what he said today, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it just seems that, you know, other people get held accountable a little bit more. Yeah. Um, which is fair when you're putting up 99 points, but that's not what he's doing right now. Yeah, uh, right. Fair enough. And then Miller speaks, and I, I don't want to confuse these because he spoke today, too. But on, on Friday, he said... Um, he basically dismissed Ryan Leslie of Sportsnet saying, this is the first I've heard of it. It's only a big deal because you guys make a big deal. He went to, he played the media card and he said that there's no noise about it in the locker room. He admitted, he said, short of apology, Parker, he's kind of said, maybe I did something or said something I shouldn't have, but, and there's always a but with him. So I don't know if you thought his words were redeeming in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Again, when you're in, when you're, you're already sort of behind the eight ball in his scenario, right? Most mm-hmm. people are going to, you know, no matter what he says, it's not going to have the desired impact most of the time, especially when it's as antagonistic as his response was right. When it's, <laughs> when it's, that's not your business. That's our business. And it's like, well, you know, you're in the entertainment business and yeah. you know, it's a very devoted fan base. And yep. uh, you know, the fans are the ones that make the, you know, make the league possible. Um, and it's the media's job to cater to the fans, right? That's mm-hmm. that's not their fault for asking the questions. Um, but yeah, it was a weird, you know, it's just always so weirdly antagonistic where you can't, you know, you can't just be like, ah, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. And then that's it, right? He just be like, ah, you, you know, heat of the moment. I got frustrated. My bad. That's yeah. all he has to say. That's all Beautiful. he has to say. Beautiful. And everyone's like, all right, fair enough. Move on, right? Yep. But it's but it's oh wow you're you're going on and saying you know that you know it's not our business while you're not playing well uh, and and then you're the you know the comments he said today which we'll get to uh, <laughs> it's just it just it's just always looks so bad. <laughs> what is it with this guy? What is it with this guy? Yeah, and uh, you know he, he's due for a lot of money in the next in the next seventy years. And I don't care about the money. I, I say that all the time. I don't I don't yeah. care about the money he's getting paid. You know, good on him. Uh, I care about how it impacts the team because it's a salary cap league. You know, uh, so we've talked about two of the three parties involved. Guess who we did not hear from Parker? Uh, I'm gonna guess Colin Delia. Yeah, and I would love even if you know he puts on his. I don't know if you saw that clip of the Connor Garland and the the Canucks on the flight. He's yeah. the one in the has back. the glasses read, on, has read. the book. <laughs> I would just love to come up with a whole like Shakespearean <laughs> response, kind of intellectual, philosophical, using words I don't understand. But yeah, I would actually, in all seriousness, I would love to hear from Delia. Maybe there was nothing to say. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, and goalies are harder to get quotes True. from, right? Um, you know, uh, I remember when I was, when I was in the locker room there and, and, uh, and Drance and, and Spencer Martin were talking a bit about how, like, you know, they're not allowed to talk to each other basically. And it was kind of funny. 
Um, but yeah, you know, they, they sort of, they try to shelter the goalies from the media, especially your third string goalie, right? You're not, you're not <laughs> yeah. throwing this guy up in front of the podium, uh, especially yeah. because he's playing good, <laughs> yeah. right? He yeah. stopped 35 of 38 shots that night. That's a great night for a goalie. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I can see why he's not, um, you know, getting asked these questions. Yeah. And even, uh, Kai says he's a third stringer. I doubt he's going to say anything bold. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the boldest guy only Parker, because you mentioned the locker room that you're in. Where's your article, man? I want to read this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was supposed to send it it to me. No, I I could. It was. Yeah, I don't know how much I'm supposed to. I don't know. I'm I'm not allowed to not allowed to say anything. But yeah, it was supposed to come out. And then a certain player who I wrote about is now in the AHL. So it has been (laughs) delayed. However, he did score two goals tonight. Yes. Yeah. So maybe yeah. he gets called up and then yeah. I can scrap my edits that I made and we can just put it up because uh, I thought I liked it and I thought it was good. And I think it's now worse. So <laughs> I would like him to get called up so we can go back to the original. OK, uh, obviously, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm supporting you as my podcast partner. Yeah. I want to read this thing and I want to share it to the moon. So, OK, <laughs> when it comes out, I'll be the first one on it uh, after you, of course, of course. Yeah. Okay, so then they have one more. So you predicted one and two. I predicted two and one. So we were both in the running because uh, the Canucks were one and one heading into their final game last week. Yeah, and guess how that one went? I think you won the bet. I think I did um, <laughs> because the Canucks allowed three straight goals in the second period. Oh. Uh, after And I mean, I didn't watch this game. I was on the mountain, but I had Twitter on my phone. Mm. So I was just like, I would, I would like do a run. And then while I was on the chair, I would check. Uh, and it was like, oh, no one's saying anything good. It's probably, I'm probably not missing much. And then I tweeted that windmill picture. Where I said a beautiful night to not watch a Canucks game. It was beautiful. Um, so I'll let you take this one. Sure. A big game. The last game of the calendar year. And they're either going to be one game over 500, one game under 500. And first period was, was kind of even. And I think I'm just seeing if the shots play that out. Yeah, 13 to 9. Yep. So not too bad. But then the second period was, was tough, Parker, because the two Calgary goals were, uh, I wouldn't say carbon copies, but they're both two-on-ones and really inexcusable. The first one was ekman Larson pinched down the left, so JT Miller did the right thing and covered ekman Larson's spot on the blue line. But then JT Miller pinched, too. <laughs> so it left a, a two-on-one um, <laughs> against Myers, and you you know how those things work out. And then Lindholm used to fully actually as a decoy and he, he snapped it past Martin. And I think the key to this one is after Miller made the bad decision to pinch and we'll get to this uh, as a whole, the hockey night Canada showed some pretty damning footage of him not even trying to back check. So that was goal number one. And then just eight minutes later on a power play, nonetheless, Miller didn't give the puck away. I think it was PD actually, someone did, but Miller kind of made a lazy line change two on one going the other way. And PD's still, I think it was PD's still hustling back. But then Coleman, uh, Anderson does get it across to Coleman. And now it's 2 nothing, And that was a backbreaker because you're shorthanded. And then Uyghur scores when uh, our fourth line and our, and um, I think it was, it was probably Myers and Ekman-Larsen were out for like a minute and a half shift. The and fourth yeah, line without Neil Zoman, mind Yes. <laughs> oh, you said his name, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it's 3 nothing. Sheldon Drys is a really nice uh, hand-to-eye goal to get, you know, at least the Canucks some life going in the third. And then PD scores with, uh, you know, uh, four minutes in. So it's not like they, they didn't have time to. But Calgary, they're just overall the much hungrier, more aggressive team. I don't know because they're at home or, or they have simply have more talent. But they seem to be 
the better team. But yeah, we so that was kind of like the general. Martin was fine, twenty seven saves on thirty shots. Power play sucked again, zero for four. That's one thing the Canucks kind of go as their power play goal. So those are some of the things that stood out to me for sure. Did they pull the goalie in this one? They did. They did, did and they, they kind of joked it about it. Well. About, uh, <laughs> yeah. When and how? Yes, yes. But they I think it with, looks like you know over two minutes left. Yeah, based on Martin's time on ice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I, the power plays. Uh, we've talked. We talk about it every show. It's maddening because when they're clicking, they're like fifth or sixth in the league. They have so much talent, but they Calgary. They scouted them well, Parker. Uh, they were. They were not letting them get set up. So anytime there was a scramble on the boards, uh, there, rarely was the puck in open ice. It was always on the boards, and Calgary was winning all of those board battles. It's yeah, frustrating. That's, that's what power plays are, right? It's a possession yeah. game. Um, yes. Because you lose the puck, you lose 20 seconds, maybe 30 even. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's always a backbreaker. By the way, they're, they're sitting at 25%, which is tied for eighth right now. Okay, eighth still. I, I know we're, we're not going to talk about this particular play, but did you see the Slovakian guy just kind of fall on the puck for about 30 seconds a day? I did, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, it's no, they just blow the whistle. And then he's kind of like shimmying around the ice truck. Yeah, just getting stabbed <laughs> effectively because everyone's like, no, we want the puck. Like, no one's benefiting here. Blow the whistle. Uh, but that was funny. Wait, sorry. It was back to... So... I, I think what we should talk about, I don't know why I get so giggly when it, when it comes to stuff like that. JT Miller, a Hockey Night in Canada panel, they talked about him prior to the game because they, they digested, dissected the whole Delia Miller thing. And they talked about him in the second period, uh, intermission after he was on the ice for, or on, on the ice for the first one and then getting off the ice for the second goal. So he was a lightning rod as he's continued to be throughout this weekend. He was a lightning rod for the Hockey Night in Canada panel. Yeah, I wish we could just have like play the video and and react to it, but we'd probably you know CBC Sports would come after us. Something would happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rogers doesn't yeah. like that very much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you know if you have just you know a full two minutes of the four guys just sitting there talking only about you and not in very flattering thing with the big Happy New Year banner in front of them <laughs> on the day on the table, it's uh, yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, it brings attention to him and not in a good way, although he did that himself just fine today. We'll talk about that. But uh, uh, before the game, though, Parker, the, it was almost um, Bieksa, I wouldn't say was, he, he was kind of defending him or at least saying, I get where Miller's coming from on the Delia thing. He worried more about Delia, you know, being a third stringer, not where you kind of excusing him saying, well, maybe he was really looking for Boudreaux's guidance there. And Miller, he's a competitive guy. So they, they kind of excuse it. They actually kind of diffused it a little bit. But then after the, the two goals and, out, and during the second intermission, they basically called out his lack of effort. And they said, this guy's supposed to be a leader. What kind of example are you setting for your teammates? Yeah, exactly. He is, you know, he he's the guy that just got the big contract. He's the guy who was the best player on the team last year, especially with, you know, Pedersen having a, a bad first 35 games or so. Yeah. Uh, JT Miller was the reason that the Canucks were in the, in the hunt last year. And then he goes out and gets paid and, and sort of has this heel arc, right. Where he is now, <laughs> you know, he's, he's being antagonistic to the media and he's, he's yelling at his teammates and it's just, yeah, you know, he, he is supposed to be the leader. Uh, mm -hmm. or one of the leaders right and yeah it's i fully agree it's just bad optics and we don't know what it's like in the room right i mean like i said i was in the room for a total of maybe 25 minutes across that day yeah and all i saw from miller was his post-game availability where he was joking with shen about the hits thing 
and that was it right like it's it's hard to know because they're on they're on you know the media's only in there for you know 20 20 minutes after morning skate usually uh mm-hmm. 15 minutes after morning skate and then 15, 10 minutes after the game right they can be on their best behavior for 25 minutes and not you know and then no one has any idea what goes on after that so right you know, who know who knows what the internal team chemistry is like and, and team morale but it's hard to imagine it's great with you know everything that we see so Okay, so let's stay on JT Miller. So we'll put 2022 to bed. The Canucks lose. They enter the new year one game under 500, whatever, six or seven points out of playoff spot, which their their percentage gets lower and lower every time they lose. And smaller and smaller, I should say. And then we had a no practice yesterday for New Year's Day. And then a practice today. New lines, new uh, new old gear, so to speak. And then you had... JT Miller speaking after practice. Yeah, let's start with JT Miller and, and stay on that topic, and then we'll go to the gear. Sounds good. Um, and the big, the big quote from JT Miller today is, "quote I'd like to say my lack of production is a compliment to me not cheating the game and playing the right way." Well, you said that with a straight face. It hurt. Uh, yeah that's um this tweet which is just you know it's it's taj quoting it this tweet has a million views (laughs) because you know the view counters a thing um it has 1200 likes and almost 500 quote tweets uh like this thing this is hitting every corner of like nhl twitter right like i saw it in uh I saw it on the hockey subreddit. I saw it. I saw like, you know, Jay Fresh and all these other people, you know, that have hundreds of thousands of followers quote tweeting this like, this is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'll add to that. We have a we have a group quote, chat. With I our- tried this at my last job, uh, <laughs> like things like that. Oh, that's what I was just gonna say. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I, I hear you. We have a group chat for the game over hosts across the country, and I do, wasn't the one who brought it up. I was just waiting to see someone, and sure enough, someone from Edmonton said, "Is this for real?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's it, it's ridiculous. Like there's nothing to support that. Like, th- yeah. There's literally nothing to support that. The advanced, you know, the analytics don't support that. The your plus minus, you're minus thirteen in thirty six games. It doesn't support that at five on five you get you've been getting shelled the last two weeks yeah, uh, yeah. like it's not it's it's just like he has to know that right <laughs> like he he knows that he's not playing good and the I, fact, I, don't, I don't get it and the fact that he doubled down instead of saying actually i think my five on five player or at least my play at center i don't think it's been that bad even that that's kind of lying but that's neutral but to double down and say it's actually been a compliment or it's actually been a positive <laughs> oh yeah. amazing amazing yeah that's that's the yeah it's like it, it's so easy again it's so easy to just take accountability right and say yeah you know I, i've been you know i've been struggling a bit but i'm trying to improve my two-way game yep. and yep. that's and that's the reason that you know my my production's been struggling uh, and I'm hoping to, you know, develop that and become a better player on the other side of it or something like that. Again, they have a PR team, you know, they and they're good. Yeah, I, I talked with a lot of them. They're they're good people. They're, they seem pretty smart. Get this guy to stop saying things that have no basis in reality. 
because it's just again the optics are just it's just a, a consistent it's just consistent negativity and i guess parker's not is easy enough to say well don't put it in front of the media because i think you explained to me that you guys the media gets to request who they want to speak to at least after a game is that correct yeah so they yeah. they usually get to they you get to request um after morning skate and you get to request um uh, after the game as well and okay. obviously the the pr team could say you know you could they could put different people up right <laughs> they wouldn't have they don't have to give you access to each player right, right. uh for example uh, the morning skate I was at when Besser was being scratched, obviously they said, we want to talk to Besser and yeah. they said, we'll do our best. And obviously Besser was getting rinsed after practice, right? He was, yes. he was taking extra work. So they didn't put him out. Um, right. So they could just put different people uh, in front of the media. They could shelter somebody, but yeah, that's going to be pretty obvious, pretty fast if that happens. And that's also going to be a bad look. It's more just like media training, you know, like more so than, uh, than anything else. Oh, wow. Wow. So, <laughs> and you know, today it was Horvat, Miller, and Boudreaux. Uh, Boudreaux is always uh, speaks uh, that they post the clips on. And I think a reporter, at, oh, by the way, as an aside, I, I, I have very strong feelings on some of the reporters in Vancouver. I'm not going to say anything now because I'll get in trouble. But uh, it's funny when you hear, when you see all three clips back to back where the same reporters ask the same three questions and i get it you're tr you're looking for a quote really it doesn't matter what you say you're looking for a quote but it, it's kind of funny to hear the same reporter ask the same three questions of the same three guys but one of the unique questions was to bo saying hey the guy beside you your stallmate jt miller is very emotional blah, blah blah and the the way that horvat had to speak about miller um and maybe he believes this to be true was he was defending him saying yes he is an emotional player yes he does say things yes he does things but it's all because he wants to win kind of thing so when when other teammates are being forced to to answer for you i think that gets challenging too yeah and it's definitely you know trying to get you know someone's writing a piece on the jt miller stuff and they want yeah. a horvat quote for it um and horvat yeah. is so good at talking right mm -hmm. at, at speaking to the media um you know he's very easy from all accounts very easy to talk to and, and will always seems to always give the right answer and again like if jt miller spoke like horvat does sure the play doesn't make up for it but horvat's had bad stretches of play and you know he's gotten out of it fairly unscathed in comparison mm -hmm. right he hasn't there haven't been numerous articles written about him and the, the toxicity potentially that uh, is around him because uh, he knows how to handle you know the the negativity right right okay so we spent uh a few minutes talking about this jt miller thing <laughs> is there any way that the Canucks move him before his new contract even kicks in well i mean the first thing you have to think of is does he have positive value still mm -hmm. to a team i think he does mm-hmm and I think it's, you know, it's it's easy for us to look at and say no, right? Because I don't think he's worth that much money, you know, seven million dollars a year or eight million dollars a year over the next seven years. Um, I I think that ends up being a negative value contract for the Canucks. However, he also comes with the rest of this year, um, and you got to think it just takes one team 
to really like JT Miller. And would they have been in a better spot if they traded him at the peak of his value at the last trade deadline or the offseason? Absolutely. Yeah. Who could have seen that coming? Right. Um, but for where they're at right now, yeah, if you can get rid of them, I, I think you just should. Um, one, it makes the team worse this year, which, as we've seen from Connor Bedard, <laughs> might be a good thing. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, I, and yeah, you get out of that big cap commitment because we've yep. seen what that cap cap commitment can do, right? We've seen Louis Erickson. Do I think JT Miller will be as bad as Louis Erickson was? Probably not, but no, like people stopped hating on Louis after a while, because again, he knew that he wasn't playing well and he tried to adapt his game into a more of a defensive style. Um, but that contract, you know, absolutely killed the Canucks for six years. Six um, years. So if you can get out of that, I guess five years, and then they got traded. So it's still killing the Canucks because they traded it for the OEL contract. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and now no. OEL's here for another five more years. So technically it's 11 years. So 11 years <laughs> of, uh, of, de- of downside from that oh, contract, man. right? Yeah. Um, the Tyler Myers contract, I-, I don't give as much grief to, but it still was not good for the Canucks, right? And it's again, these are all deals that we've seen coming, right? The hindsight hasn't been a big factor in the, like the Erickson deal. Okay. A bit of hindsight, right? Because Oliver Larson just fell off a cliff or I mean, sorry, Louis Erickson. Yeah. Um, but the OEL one, lots of people saw it coming our, yeah. ourselves included. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the Tyler Myers one, I remember before that was signed and while it was still a rumor they everyone was mad about it before it even got signed. Um, <laughs> So like people see this stuff coming and if you can get out of it now, I, I think you absolutely should. Yes. There's a lot there. What is it with the uh, Swedish guys that are getting older anyway? So let, let's two more topics before we go to the people, let's spend a few minutes on Lafreniere and let's spend a few minutes on the world juniors. Uh, do you want to set up this Lafreniere story from today? Sure. Yeah. So basically yeah. a few days ago, Alexi Lafreniere, first overall pick back in 2020, a very highly touted first overall pick. Like since he was like 14 years old, you'd, you'd been hearing about Alexi Lafreniere mm-hmm. and uh, he hasn't been great. Right. And we're talking about his rookie season, 21 points in that 56 game shortened season last year, 31 points in 79 games this year. So mm-hmm. far, 17 and 37. So no upward trajectory um, for the most part. Uh, and he got scratched by the New York Rangers. And a lot of people are saying, wow, kind of seems like New York Rangers, even though they've handled this re- this quick rebuild so well, they're the guys that they draft and they develop don't work out, right? Yeah. You got Philip Heedle, who was highly touted. Capo Caco is the obvious example. Lafreniere here now. Um, and you look back at all their drafts and, and there's not a lot going on. Right. Um, so... People are saying, well, you got to just get rid of him because you're not doing him any favors. He's not helping you out right now. And you're trying to be a good hockey team at this point. Um, you know, I don't know where are they at standings wise? Uh, they're, they're over 500. I think they're third or fourth in their division. Are they? Uh, they are pulling it up. They yeah. are 2012 and six. So they're a good hockey team. Yeah. You know, they yeah. are, they're in the wild card spot right now yeah uh, a wild card spot one so they're a team that's that's trying to make the playoffs this year uh and they might want to add some veteran players mm. to make a playoff push and lafreniere seems to be a guy that 
they are somewhat souring on uh, and doesn't seem to be contributing for the Rangers. Um, yeah. Then you have Rick Dollywall putting out a twit longer this morning, um, which is like, I feel like it's barely longer than 260 characters. <laughs> it's and, a pretty, and, and he repeats himself. <laughs> it is the shortest twit longer I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and I'm Should be called like, twit medium, I think. For yeah. It's yeah. a, uh, it's okay. It's 700 characters, but he does repeat himself quite like it could have been a three tweet thread. Yep. yep. Um, but he says um, the Canucks knows player inside and out because Lafreniere's old agent is current assistant GM Emily Castongay, which is why they were sort of connected to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, Canucks have JT Miller, who's been linked back to the Rangers a bunch. So there's a lot of links between the Canucks and Rangers. Uh, quote, the Canucks have checked in on Lafreniere. He was made a healthy scratch last week by the Rangers. The Rangers are very aware of Vancouver's interest. Lafreniere will not be cheap, but the Canucks have the assets like Bo Horvat. That's an example. That's not, that's nothing based on any info. Uh, <laughs> if the Rangers decide to move him, uh, Lafreniere is the type of player the new regime in Vancouver is looking for. And that, that tracks, right? We keep hearing the Canucks are interested in young roster players, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently the Canucks were also one of the teams uh, after Kirby Doc before mm-hmm. he got traded to Montreal. Yeah. I think he got traded for like the, was it like ninth overall or something like that? Like a pretty high. Yeah a pretty high draft pick that he got traded for. Uh, he was traded for uh, the 13th overall pick okay. in the draft yeah. this last yeah. year. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it kind of tracks. And now we have this connection from a, a citable source, Rick Dollywall. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lafreniere? It's fascinating. Two years ago in the bubble, it was the kid line. It was him. It was Hedl. It was Kako, the three guys you mentioned. Right. And, Lafreniere has been the only one that's been scratched to my knowledge. Yeah, Kako and Hito have been given, at least Kako for sure, giving top six opportunities. Lafreniere needs to be a top six player. So if the Rangers don't think that he's going to be a top six player, then it might make sense to move him. Um, so uh, I don't, I think it's way too early. We used the Tage Thompson example two shows ago about how, how it took him his fifth season to really break out. Lafreniere's stats aren't amazing, but they're not brutal. They're at 0.4 mm-hmm. points per game. So he's he's not bad. Uh, and uh, I read an article where because he's not on the first power play unit and the Rangers first unit stays out even longer than the Canucks. So th- there's no power play points to be had for, for anyone unless you're in the top five. So maybe just maybe if we're going by points alone and production there's a lot more that he can do but i I really think it's about opportunity i I don't think he's fallen out of favor i don't think there's a there's no animosity between him and head coach galant i simply think he's there's players that are better than him that are playing higher in the lineup so everything you said is true what what rick dollywell said about cast on gay and everything um, I know you and I, before we pressed record, we were kind of speculating if you're looking at a Miller or Horvat or one of the two, do you have to send something that way to to even it out from a, a sweetener because Horvat's rental versus Miller, who's a long-term contract versus money coming back, retaining salary. So it's so much more complicated than, than we'd like to think, but it's kind of intriguing, isn't it? A Horvat for Lafreniere or, or better yet, Miller for Lafreniere. So you can re-sign Horvat. <laughs> Yeah, it is very interesting because there's always that first overall pedigree, right? Like yes. that will always, always, always be a thing. Um, yeah. And yeah. for good reason, right? Like, you know, there's, there's always, there's always players at the top of the draft. You're, you almost always get a good player unless it's Daly Akapov, right? Yeah. There's very, <laughs> there's not a, a ton of exceptions, but at some point, 
you know, he's in his third NHL season. He's he is only 21 years old. Yeah. Right. Like he he was born at the end of 2001. He is oh. he's 21 years old uh, for the rest of this season. His 22 year old season is next year. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of there's still some development ahead of him. Right. Yeah. Like he put up stupid numbers in the queue. Yeah. The queue's not the best league, but, you know, he was super highly touted. The totally. year before he was drafted, he had 105 points. And then in his draft year, uh, so 2019 20, at 112 points, right? So yeah. he knows how to produce. He has the skill set. He just hasn't made it work in the NHL. Yeah. This, Get a challenge you, Parker, here. If I told you, unless you know this already, of all the 2020 draft class, in terms of points, it's not the, always the best rounder, but what would you say in terms of points? What place is he in out of all the guys? I would probably guess like fourth because a lot of them don't play right away. Uh, very good. Yeah, he's in third. So uh, Tim Stutzla, who's awesome. Uh, yeah. Lucas Raymond, who's good. Fantastic. And then, yeah, yeah. Lafreniere's third. And then right behind him is uh, Dawson Mercer. Um, right. So, yeah, top three. Can't complain. Yeah. By far the most games played. Uh, I guess to him and Stutzla are pretty close, but Stutzla's right. way more points. But, yes. yeah, I, I mean – it seems like the perfect buy low candidate, right? Yeah. He, uh, because it's the cheapest he'll ever be unless he gets worse. Um, and it's risky, right? But, you know, it's also risky to, you know, sit there with JT Miller and re-sign Bo Horvat and be stuck with their contracts when you have to pay Elias Pettersson two years and all this other stuff. And, and yeah, it gets to the point where, you know, if you're going to take a shot, it's a decent one to take. I don't know how much you're giving up, right? If it's, you know, I, I've seen people say if it's Bo Horvat, then the Rangers have to add. I've seen people say, yeah, I, I it would be great if they did. Um, but if you're the Canucks, you're getting rid of an expiring contract, right? For a guy mm -hmm. who was, you know, for a guy who was a first overall pick two and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe he doesn't turn out to be the player he was expected to be, but maybe he does. And that would be sweet. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it would be risky, but it's an interesting one to keep track of. Yeah, great points, Parker. Not only have I seen in the chat too, um, people people are in the chat are pretty smart. Not only are they talking about sweeteners or adding pieces, but they're also talking about salary retention. And for Horvat, that would just mean for the, for one year, right? Because his contract ends. And for Miller, can you retain on just uh, this year because? his new contract doesn't kick in kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they okay. could retain, let's say, you know, the maximum, the half on this season. Yeah. Um, or they could, I believe only retain on the remainder if they want as well. I oh. think it's pretty flexible. I think they could say, yeah, we're going to retain 15%, kind of like the OEL deal on oh, Miller's contract point. or something like yeah. that. But obviously um, you don't want to do that if you're the Canucks. Like you don't want to, yeah. but it wouldn't be the end of the world, you know, if it's like a million, a million and a half dollars. Right. Um, but obviously not ideal, right? Every dollar counts. Um, so I put a poll in the chat and I said, would you trade Bo for Lafreniere? I'm going to vote here. Uh, and it's, I, I don't like the YouTube polls because they like, do chunks like we have 22 and then it'll probably like jump to like 35 or something uh but feel free to vote in that uh in that poll yeah um but currently yes yes is leading at about 65 35 uh and that's for that's just bow for lafreniere now if we're talking if the rangers are adding and i, I feel like they couldn't be adding much right like lafreniere no, still is gonna have a lot of interest but horvat is yeah. you know one of the top trade pieces of yeah. this year um 
you know, he's he's under contract until the end of this year. He's not going to get a big raise, right? You know, he might get a he'll probably get, he'll probably it's perfect bridge deal candidate. Um, but yeah, like you know, sixty percent say yes, and that's with no sweeteners coming from the Rangers side. If you can get Lafreniere plus a little bit extra, you know, I mean, what else are you going to get for Horvat? Right? We're talking. Are you going to get a, a first round pick and a prospect? Well, that first round pick is probably going to be in the 20 to 23 range, maybe 25. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be very happy if your 23rd overall pick turned into, uh, you know, a, a, a 35 point per game player at 21 years old. Right, right. It's funny. I'm just looking at these results as they continue to track. Imagine if it was a, uh, would you trade JT for laughing years? Do you think we're at 90, 10? Oh, absolutely. Uh, territory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a gimme. <laughs> Um, because that's just all all positive. Yeah, yeah, Rod even asked, you know, Miller for laugh. Would you absolutely? Yeah, uh, I think the Canucks <laughs> are, are uh, you know, that's highway robbery in that case. Yeah, uh, I'll call the poll there and see where the numbers ended up. But it looked like sixty three thirty seven. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I but I don't know if the Rangers do that. Yeah. But most people seem to think that that would be a fine deal for them too. So I'm not entirely sure. I also love how YouTube, because I use the polls a lot too, they always round down, so you always are missing 1% somewhere, but that's okay. Yeah, 63.36. <laughs> if anything, you'd expect it to go too high if they're like both 0.5 and they both round up. But nope. Right, yeah. They just knock off the decimal. Yeah. Wow, so, okay, let's do a couple minutes on, on World Juniors and, and then we'll get to the people. So you like this Connor Bedard guy, I think. Yeah, he's a pretty okay hockey player. Um, he <laughs> loves he He loves having the puck. Like oh. he loves it. He's always calling for the puck. He's always beaver ta- tapping. Yeah. He is just, you can tell he just loves to score and oh, he loves yeah. to close his eyes when he shoots, which is the funniest thing. Uh, I think it was the uh, Wyatt aren't who, who tweeted out like they're going to, they're going to realize Bedard needs glasses and he's going to score a hundred goals in the NHL a year. Um, Cause he does. <laughs> he like, he like closes his eyes every time he releases, I guess it makes it hard for the goalie to track, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, he is absolutely just shredding um, the world juniors. Uh, the way, oh, the close. way he gets a shot off part, it's nuts. It's nuts. And th- that goalie, th- that goalie is good because he was making some of those saves look not super easy, but relatively easy. But those are hard shots to save, like Bert- Bernard shots. Yeah, yeah, you know? they are. They are tough. I mean, he's got he's got twenty one points in five games. <laughs> Right, like like in fifteen periods of hockey, he has twenty five. He's he's averaging four points a game, eight goals, thirteen assists. Um, yeah, he he's absolutely unreal. Um, and I would give up a lot. Now I saw people, I saw someone on Twitter be like, "Would you trade Patterson and Hughes for Connor Bedard?" Uh, where would you fall on that as a hypothetical? I saw that, and I actually voted no. And when I voted. It was like close, fifty-three, no, forty-seven, yeah. yes. I voted. Yeah. I saw it, and I instinctively, I'm like, no. And then I look, and I'm like, fifty-two, forty-eight. What am I missing? And then I'm thinking yeah. about it, I'm like, okay, well, Bedard might be a game breaker, right? Like he might be a hundred point a year guy, right? right. A fifty goal scorer. Yeah, but you know, Patterson and Hughes are are fantastic pieces. So <laughs> again, no, I, I I still don't make that move. Um, because I think he, I think he, I think he signs here eventually. <laughs> I love that, and I know it's not a perfect 
uh, simulation because obviously Bedard, you only have to pay him at least from a cap at 900 grand, you know, you can performance bonus him out, you know, to the moon but yes then you look at cap hit versus production versus but then i said no because i simply thought of this sir sure bedard is probably gonna peak better than pd but then if you take hughes off this team where where's our defense <laughs> yeah the, the canucks have already committed so much up front yes um but yeah i mean this is a guy who's he's selling out whl ranks right like i yep. literally looked because he was playing in in langley like a yes. month ago against yep. Richard, or against uh, the, the giants and I was like, I wonder what tickets are like for this game. So I pull it up and oh, they're all sold out. Okay. <laughs> I guess I guess that's it, right? It's like a five thousand seat stadium in Langley. Um yeah. that people are flocking to to see this guy play. And he I mean he's putting up he's he's got a goal a game in the WHL. He's got more than a goal a game at the World Juniors. He's yeah, he's uh he's absurd. Unreal. Lucas, I think we we got so excited talking about Bernard. Forgot to mention this one. Another $5 donation. Thank you, Lucas. Here's a take for Miller for Laffey. 25% on Miller, prospect, and a second or third rounder for Laffey and salary throw-ins. Who's the prospect, though? That's, uh, I mean, yeah. not Canucks have many, right? right. Like, are, are we talking like a Will Lockwood? Uh, are we talking someone more recent, like a LaCary Mackey, um, who hasn't looked great uh, at the mm-hmm. World Juniors, uh, although they did pull out a, an unlikely win today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know who else the Canucks draft. Elias Patterson, uh, number two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, what's, yeah. I'm not sure exactly who you're you're making that move on, but yeah. um, definitely possible, right? Like, yeah. and we we've seen that continued interest from the Rangers around JT Miller, uh, and I I'd be fine with that being around that they went, uh, especially if we're done, like a yeah, second round pick. I, I fine, get rid of that for for Lafreniere and Miller, and yeah, probably most prospects that they have. I'd be fine with as well because you're also dumping that JT Miller contract, which I think is a net positive. So, yeah, um, yeah I think I'd be fine with something like that. Man, and just before we get to the people, when you say net positive, are we going to be talking about this JT Miller contract for the next seven years, Parker? Oh. Buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. I. That's. They very well could be. Um, just you have to really hope that they can that they can that he either turns out to be fantastic again uh or they can uh, they can get that one out jarhead jarhead i met through uh roller hockey my co-worker's son played against bedard mentioned his name to me a while back as someone to look out for i was like yeah 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 whatever cool <laughs> yeah i've heard i've heard definitely stories like that where you're like yeah this you know, there's always the one. There's always the one kid in every minor hockey association that everyone's like, "Watch this guy." I remember um, the one uh, from mine, and uh, he definitely was. He definitely ended up being like someone decent, but oh. I don't think I don't know if he made any. I don't remember his name though, so I can't. It's tough for me to look up. Um, yeah, that's fine. But he he made it somewhere. I think he I think he was like a late draft pick. Okay, that's cool. Or an undrafted free agent, something like that. By the way, in uh in Disneyland in a Space Mountain lineup, I met a guy who played uh in Sweden. His name was Carlson, Magnus Carlson. And he Oh, the chess a- player. Oh, is that, is that true? There's, Best there's a lot chess of I tried to look, the world. I tried to look him up. Uh, there are a lot of Magnus Carlsons, put it that way. And then he made it all the way to a 
preseason game with the LA Kings, which is kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. No, yeah, Magnus Carlson is the best chess player of all time. Okay. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe it was him. Maybe. Um, all right. We got, a, we got a few minutes left. Um, sure. And then you got to get to your show. So let's yeah, get eventually whatever. from the people. Um, anything that you've seen? Because I have not. There, uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on tonight, which is good, which is really good. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm going to scroll up. Me too. I'm scrolling all over the place too. Um, Jordan, with a decent point, you're saying it would be a fair trade, but the Rangers don't need another center. They have Zibanejad, Trocek, and Heedle. Hmm. Um, yeah. Played Miller on the wing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're I talking about Horvat. That. Sorry. You're talking about Horvat. Yeah. Horvat. If we're talking about Horvat. Yeah. If it's Miller, then yeah, put him on the wing. Um, and if it's Horvat, put Trocek on the wing. Mm. Right. Or, or, you know, put Horvat on the wing, but have Horvat take the faceoffs. Um, yeah. I don't think any team has a problem with having too many centers. You look at hot, you look at team Canada when they go to the Olympics and they just bring 12 centers, uh, <laughs> and that's all they do. Right. Um, so I, I don't, I still don't think that's much of a limiting factor. Yeah. Um, because at that point you just never need to play your fourth line. Right. right. <laughs> like that's true. Uh, you know, you don't need to put Heedle on the ice. Um, not that he's been, I don't know if he's been, He's been fine this year. He's got 17 points already. That's that's yeah. yeah he's plus eight. Um, but yeah, that the same can... as Lafreniere. That you just looked at Hedo, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So you know, but yeah. again, adding a good player is is adding a good player. Uh, I like this one from True Sight. Spied on the Rangers subreddit, and they do not like Horvat for laugh. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I mean, everyone overvalues their own prospects, and we are so guilty of that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that from for people looking from the outside, you get a bit of a different perspective. But we also don't watch Lafreniere play hockey, right? We Correct. see him twice a year. So it, again, we're going on, you know, sort of third string information as well, you know, you know, secondary sources, so to speak. Uh, that it's, you know, we're just guessing at this point and saying, if this was the case, would we be happy with it? I don't care what Rangers fans think, you know, <laughs> if they're upset about it, then I want it to happen more because that yeah. means it's better for us. Um, so yeah, it's uh, definitely, definitely an interesting uh, tidbit though. Fangro says, who would you take out of the lineup if we got Laffy? Well, a lot of things have to happen, but if we, he's Whoever a left winger, traded. yeah, he's a left winger by trade. So uh, you could put him actually you could put him anywhere in the lineup quite frankly and, yeah and you wouldn't have to take anyone out because you probably traded a player away right yeah, so that's a good way of putting it you got you got the roster spots already the real yeah. question is who are they taking out to put him on back in because he deserves to be there he also. yeah i think there's a couple things riding on that but yes i i agree <laughs> uh interesting for peter why do you think ownership won't commit to rebuild the retooling doesn't work why not try something new and go in a different direction with a rebuild. Uh, impatience. Ownership. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's just, you know, I, I think it's because rebuilds are risky. They don't always work. Yeah. Right. Like, like rebuilds miss sometimes. Um, the problem is they're kind of also the only way to succeed. Right. If you don't rebuild, you end up stuck in the middle. And that's where the Canucks mm -hmm. have been for so long now. But if you rebuild, you're going to suck for a few years. And if you don't draft well and you don't make good moves, you'll suck for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then you become irrelevant. Um, you know, you know, think of like Columbus, 
right? Yep. Like, like just teams that you just sort of forget that they exist, right? Buffalo. Buffalo yes. got Eichel. They got Darlene. They did all you these Jess, things. You and Jess are on the same wavelength there. And Very now, good. and and now they're good after they got rid of Eichel and because Tage Thompson has turned into an absolute monster. Um, <laughs> right. You look at, you look at Toronto who has built a top five team in the NHL and they can't win a playoff round. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then you look at other teams that rebuilt and you look at, you know, Pittsburgh and they won a couple of cups. You look at Chicago, they won a couple of cups. Look at Tampa Bay, they won a couple of cups. Right. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a swing for the fences type thing, a rebuild, right. Where you're saying we're going to be bad and we might be bad for a long time, but we might also end up being really good. And we always say the ultimate goal is to win the Stanley Cup. It's not to be the ninth best team in the league, right? It's to win yep. the whole thing. Uh, and if that's the the strategy you have to take to get there, which it kind of is, right? Yeah. Then, yeah, you, you know, do it. And look at the Oilers, as Jeff mentioned. Even the Oilers look iffy. And how many years have they had technically both number one picks and or supposed rebuilds? It's, yeah, uh, and, and again, that's... It's not that the rebuild was a bad decision, right? They got yep. McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's great and a great place to build off. The problem is they didn't build off of it. They never yep. had defensemen, yep. right? They just have had such bad defense forever. And they bad had, goalies. Yeah, I was going to say just <laughs> mediocre goaltending as well, that even though you have these phenomenal forwards up front that you know can carry a game and and win you a game you know, 7-2 if they need to, they you also have no backbone to support it that's why so many teams like to build from the net out which mm. they can sort of skip the defensive step of that um <laughs> but yeah it's you know it's risky but i mean is it riskier than not doing that and just being the 15 to 20th best team in the nhl year in year out because that's all we're yeah. getting exactly and thomas i'm sure you saw it too thomas Drance wrote an article about all 32 i mean where the Canucks fall in, into all 32 teams for not a season, but January 1 to December 31st, number 19 in the league, the probably like the worst spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no like, ah, here's where we go from here. Right. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting the 14th pick in the draft yeah, and you're not making the playoffs and you know, you're you know, overpaying people to stay because you're a middling team and yada, yada, yada. Yep. And that's, you know, that's life. Edmund- Edmund made a good point. Uh, Devils are one rebuild that has worked. Yeah, and that was surprising because they weren't supposed to be that good this year, and they're sort of just, you know, sort of winging it and and have been great. Um, But yeah, again, it it worked. The Rangers are are the prime example for me, right? They, like three years after the Canucks started rebuilding, they said, hey, we're going to rebuild and it's going to suck for a while. And they said that. They put out a letter to their fans. (laughs) And then a couple of years later, they were in the playoffs against Carolina and they got run out of the building, but like they were back, they were back in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and they're still in a playoff spot to this day that, yeah. you know, it's, they, they committed and, mm-hmm. and you look at all the teams that are doing well, they all committed to rebuilds at some point, um, either that, or they rebuilt 20 years ago and they're still hanging on like right. Boston and, and Pittsburgh. Right. So if it's impatience, which I agree with, if it's a bit of probably uh, ownership, which I think we'd all agree with. Yeah. And I, going back to the patience, Rutherford is not a young man. I don't think he came into, he took this job thinking he's going to be around for a five to six year rebuild. Yeah. So I, I agree with you that way for sure. Yeah. And again, that's another sort of short-sighted thing, right? Is, is yeah. grabbing a president of hockey operations that's 78 years old that, you know, yeah, he probably doesn't want a, a five-year 
you know, rebuilding plan. He might be a good person to helmet, but that's probably not what he wants to do. <laughs> and, you know, we, we sort of end up in the same place that we've been for a while. Sad, but true. All right. And with that, uh, we should wrap it up folks. This is one of our most well-attended, um, yeah, of darks in a while, 160 of you in here. If you haven't yet hit the like button, if, uh, subscribe, if you haven't, uh, it's good to have you all here. If you missed any part of the show, uh, feel free to rewind back to the beginning, save it to your watch later playlist, anything like that. Uh, or it will be up on your favorite podcast platform in about 15, 20 minutes. So you can go on Spotify, Apple music, uh, Apple podcast, not Apple music and, and type in Canucks after dark. It'll be the first one that shows up. <laughs> Uh, and if you want more content after this, Clay is doing his live show on his channel uh, that you can find linked in the description. Clay, any parting words? It would be cool if we were here. if we were on Apple Music for sure. Yeah, there are 150 of you in here or 160, only 35 likes. Let's jack that up. This is a maybe it was all of your resolution to come and attend Canucks After Dark, which we appreciate. And Lucas, thank you for the donations and thanks to everyone for supporting us. Yeah, if you're not sick of hockey talk, I'll be coming on around 15 minutes on my own channel and aside from that parker we got to quickly quickly give our predictions for this oh, week we got right. three games we got three games to talk I don't about know who or... they're playing but i'll just predict losses and i might be right <laughs> you got islanders at home on tuesday avalanche at home on thursday and then in winnipeg on sunday that is an easy one and two to beat the uh, islanders I... they'll lose to colorado and winnipeg i'm going one one and one you're hoping for the way I saw you're doing another watch party. Uh, yeah. I hope you can come when you I come, will not be there. Oh. Uh, I'm going to the Seahawks game on Sunday. Okay. That that's very, uh, that's a good reason. Not even yeah. an excuse. That's a good reason. You'll be Unless there in spirit. Though. get really expensive. Then I'll sell them and I'll show up. Okay. Do what you got to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's say, uh, yeah, they'll beat the Islanders. They'll lose to Colorado and they'll tease everyone at the watch party on Sunday and lose an extra time. How's that? Beautiful. Love okay. it. All right, folks, thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight. I uh, hope you all uh, had a good new year, and uh, we will talk to you in the next one.